Curiosity is an unnatural emotion. This is spoilers. <laughs> nice. in store a hero whose mission is to learn and explore he's daring and caring and oh so much more it's brixby bear oh josh no mad it's not really wait why was that brett what (laughs) sorry my mic is checked up well, okay, while Brett fixes his mic, we're off to a strong oh, start. Yeah. <laughs> <All right>. Sorry. <laughs> well, as you can... Well, Brett, we'll let you introduce yourself first. It's a Brett episode, so... <laughs> oh, man, I'm, I'm my bad, guys. So, Brett, what did you oh, think of no. Brixby Bear? Where are you recording from? Uh, this is Brett. I'm recording from Fort Wayne, and uh, I was a pretty big fan of Brixby Bear. It was funny. All right, you fix that mic, and then uh, let's go ahead and uh, Stevie. Hey now, what's that? How's it going? Nah, not too much. You've seen Briggs Repair a couple times, right? Seen it three times now. What do you think? Loved it every time. What, Can't what, wait what, to talk about it. What makes you keep coming back? Do you think? Um, I think it's the fact that everyone in this. Uh, Everyone in this movie is like is a good-natured person. There's not a whole lot of cynicism in this movie. It's like everyone wants the main character to succeed. I think that's really refreshing in like movies today. And last but not least, I think you could almost call him the Spencer of our podcast. It's Josh. <laughs> Josh, what's going on? <laughs> Hello, Hello, guys. <laughs> this is Josh recording out of Goshen. Um, this was a really fun movie to watch. Saw that it only made half a million dollars, and it's kind of disheartening. I, I've only seen it once. I'm kind of jealous you guys have seen it three times. Well, it's got kind of an interesting story behind that, too, but maybe we'll touch on that towards the end. And I have introduced myself. I'm Pappy. I'm recording from Denver, Colorado. If this is your first episode of Spoilers, I'm your host this week because I was victorious on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles episode, uh, Josh's Trivia. So I picked Brigsby Bear, uh, so today we're going to spoil and review that movie, Then at the end we'll play a little bit of trivia, and whoever wins that gets to pick our next movie. But on to the task at hand, Brigsby Bear. Um, I think it's safe to say this was an indie movie. Had any of you guys heard about it before I suggested it to you? No. Yes. You yeah. had, Brett. Okay, you guys had, just like in passing, or what did you guys know about it? I had seen some of the early marketing, and I forget exactly what it was, but it's basically like showing an alternate future with like a bear. It was really vague, and I think the marketing of this movie was purposefully... Um, I don't know. I think that the writers got what they wanted in that. They, reveal, they revealed like surprisingly little in the marketing, and that's kind of what I remember from it. It's a great, it's a great trailer. It's really... Sparing Brett, what did you know about it? Had you um, seen the trailer? I, I had seen the trailer. Um, that night I was looking for something to watch for major spoilers, and that was on my short list of what. But I you didn't to watch do. it. What did you end up watching? Uh, we watched Atomic Blonde instead. What do you like better, Atomic Blonde or Brigsby Bear? 
Oh man, uh, they're so different. Um, well, Stevie, were you a Kyle Mooney fan before <laughs> uh, before seeing this movie? Oh yeah, um, I've known about Kyle Mooney since about 2011. He had a great YouTube channel where he would Good either neighbor. play he would play like a fool, like interviewing <laughs> people. Um, no, he, Kyle Sporty. So <laughs> I work at Notre Dame, part of Fighting Irish Media. I, I don't work there anymore. I still work at Notre Dame, but I was on crew with those guys. And for a solid year, like the the thing to do amongst the crew was to like quote Kyle Sporty lines like, Bendrels get loose. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Gonna win the big game. Bendrels blew up for us again. Let's make the <laughs> <Yeah>. call. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty goofy <clears throat> YouTube channel. We can play a little bit of a clip there. Oh no! Now we're gonna have to wait another two whole games before they come back to the championship series playoffs. Nichols is on the sideline. He must be injured. Why didn't you make that play? Score for once. Score what? A, a touchdown. Score more points to win the game. Benjels is over there making the worst calls. So the way that this movie opens up, though, is it opens up in like a weird aspect ratio i don't know like josh if you know what it is it's like 1.33 to 1 or something maybe like it looks like an old old school tv and uh we get the brigsby bear opening shots i think it's uh four by three instead of 16 by nine um and that's uh, right like the square tv i think yeah i don't know Uh, Looks like public access. Yeah, it looks like shitty television. <laughs> and we get the, and we get the "It's Brigsby Bear" song that's playing now in the background. Um, and we get a little taste of what Brigsby Bear is, and we get some like classic quotes, like uh, "Prophecy is, prophecy is like always wrong" or something, and like you are always supposed to solve for vector r, but. <clears throat> That sort of segues into a vlog, and then we get to see what Kyle Mooney's home life is like. So it's a pretty jarring intro, but Stevie, do you want to describe uh, what the living situation was like for Luke Skywalker and Kyle Mooney and the family? So Kyle Mooney is obsessed with this character in a television show called Brigsby Bear. His whole room is decked out in it. He even pledges himself to one of the Brigsby Bear characters at night. And um, they she live is hot. in a like fallout shelter in the middle of uh, what was it? She's Utah? in House of Cards. Uh, Utah, yeah, and she yeah, is in it's House middle of, of Utah, <laughs> and pretty much his daily life. Pretty much his Who's daily crunching? life is uh, ruffling through papers. <laughs> um, is to. Uh, Eat breakfast, work out. Uh, pretty, he's pretty much a math whiz, isn't he? They're just trying to solve this problem. What was that problem? His called? studies, Happy? the Van Smythe studies. equation. Yeah, the Van Smythe equation. <laughs> it's six and the whole time. The whole time, six. Uh, and after that, it's straight Brigsby Bear. Watch Brigsby Bear 
go through theories, uh, like fan theories over it, go on his vlog, and uh, yeah, I'd say 90% of his life is uh, obsessing over this public access TV show. Well, they even like the way that the family is raised, they have this really strange way of talking too, like, and the way of like interacting with each other, like, it's very formal, like they don't embrace, they like shake hands and they, but they pray before every meal, and they they call. Kyle Mooney is always calling stuff by the wrong name. Like, there's like some lightning bugs out. He's like, look at the grazer bugs, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> All they need is some cool moonlight and some fresh water, and <laughs> they're fine. So let's call it what it is. It's like a super small cult. Yeah. That Mark Hamill and his wife. What's her name? She's a famous actress. Also, but they're raising Kyle Mooney. Um, in isolation, right? And they're just indoctrinating him with all this bullshit. But in the midst of it, they're also, you know, they're loving parents and they're right. teaching him math too. Mm-hmm. Well, and they're they're also like, yeah, part of the reason that this is sort of semi plausible is that they're hyper intelligent. But so that's only like, it's one of many many montages in this movie. This movie is 90 minutes, but it's got about nine montages in it. That's the first where we see their home life. And then Brett, what happens to sort of disrupt that comfy life? Uh, is that when Brigsby can't sleep and he goes out on the sits on the roof with the gas mask on? Yep. Yeah, James. And I, you said he couldn't sleep, but I got the feeling that was something he did on like a regular basis. Uh, like, yeah, oh, yeah. like it's it's Saturday. Like I can't wait to like get out there, away from the house a little bit. It's kind of sad scene, really. Yeah. It. I mean, I would. Uh, he went out and sat on the roof, and then I'll, I'll admit that I thought they did a really good job with directing and writing because I had no idea that that story goes the way it goes. But about your cops show up. And there's a big panic. And Pappy, you want to? Did you think it was actually po- like a post-apocalyptic world before? Yeah, I, I think that's what I was leaning on. But I mean, they didn't seem like a supernatural family, even though I think they did a decent job of portraying it. But I don't know where my mind was, but I know being surprised <laughs> to see the cops. I was thinking, oh, this is a Wes Anderson future apocalyptic yeah. family. <laughs> I knew something yeah. was amiss when they had the. Uh, like the Chuck E. Cheese animatronics going off outside what they called the pier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Look at the Gunner Foxes. Uh, Look at the Gunner Foxes. <laughs> but, yeah, so then that sort of brings in uh, this next part of the movie where uh, James is becoming acquainted with his real family. Um, but first we see uh, Logan Logan's poor Indiana's own Greg Kinnear. Uh, yeah, yeah. Playing a detective Vogel, Ogle, uh what Vogel. You, Vogel. Yeah, Vogel. Okay. And then we also meet the parents of uh, Brigsby, or sorry, of James, of uh, Matt Walsh from Veep. Mm. And Jane Adams uh, is the mom, and she's Carrie in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Uh, no. No, wrong, wrong lady, Pep. Are you sure? It's Michaela Watkins, is his new mom. Jane Adams is his fake mom. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, who's who? What is she from then? Her top ones, uh, Wanderlust, is probably like her yeah. biggest movie she's known for. They're both in Casual. Maybe that got confused with that. Yeah. No, I just confused the actresses because I couldn't tell them apart from their IMDb. But <laughs> well, Jane Adams is in this super briefly. 
to be fair. She's barely yeah. in it at all. Yeah. Like, they don't even come back to her later. <laughs> that was you the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what did you guys think about the family life uh, part of the movie? What stood out there? Awkward. Thanks, Brett. Yeah. Wait, which the new family? family? The new fucking new family. <laughs> Jeez. Gee, well, <laughs> uh, I thought it was um, pretty painful to watch at times because it's not like they found James when he was like, you know, like five or six years later. This dude's probably what? In his late 20s, early 30s? I think he's supposed to be like 25. Yeah, something like that. That's yeah. right. Okay. I mean, James is obviously like his own far out there person now. And like his new family seems like the squarest family in the world. And it's extremely awkward when like they try to like bond with him. It's just kind of like a weird living situation. That one scene, they're like, here's your room. Do you like it? Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of funny. His response is like, no answer. <laughs> I like the part where they're like they have the legal pad list of like water activities to do. <laughs> like everything they suggest is water based. <laughs> I think the home life uh I think it's pretty true to what it would feel like if you're trying to like you know they love the idea of their son being back but like can you really force love in on him when he just comes in and you don't know him at all and clearly he's attached to his previous parents there's like yeah. three or four lines that I thought were some of the funniest lines of the movie where he like kind of like sideways kind of just like puts it in there that like oh my parents really didn't do that much wrong they should be released right. <laughs> that was always really funny you're saying my old dad was Brigsby? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. He like fist pumps. <laughs> there is one scene uh, here, though, that I did actually really like that I thought uh, was kind of endearing with the new family. Uh, the movie Hockey High. Uh, <laughs> they go to see this this stupid movie, and it's like a, I don't know, Brett, it's like a smash up or mashup of like every like yeah. sports movie ever. Mighty Ducks, Little Giants. Little Giants, exactly, yeah. She's a girl? And then, like, <laughs> Kyle Mooney is so amazed with that plot twist. Like, he's like, oh, what? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so then that inspires Kyle, and he realizes, he has this quote uh, where he says, so anyone can make a movie? And we get into the sort of the production <laughs> scene, um, and another montage here where he like lays out all the storyboard and stuff and that and that starts happening um and then he goes to a party with his sister uh josh do you want to describe the hijinks that go down at this party a little bit yeah uh with all the fantastical stuff that goes on in this movie <laughs> i think this is probably getting into the most fantastical and that is kyle mooney he looks like a nerdy 30-year-old, and he's going to a high school party, and basically, like, the cool kids at the party kind of start to mag magnetize to him, and they know his backstory, because he's been on the news, so, like, 
oh, you're the guy who's held captive and they're being like super, like when I say they're being super nice to him, like to the point where like the hot chick gives him a hand job at the end of the scene. <laughs> but, but also like Spencer. Um, Boy. It, it, it's his buddy. It ends up being like his best friend, but he's like another high schooler thinks Brigsby Bear is cool when it's being described by this nerdy 30-year-old that's basically an alien being dropped into this high school party. Does that sum it up well, Pat? Well, I love his mannerisms, too. Like, whenever he's hanging out with the kids and there's one he likes, like, whatever they say, he, like, just parrots it back to them. Like, at one point, Spencer says dope as shit, and then, like, Kyle Mooney says dope as shit, like, ten times in the movie then because it's, like, what he heard. He thinks it's cool. Like, one time he's talking to Meredith, and he's like, what's up? She's like, not much, man. He's like, not much for me either, man. Like, says the exact same quote. (laughs) Like back to her, um, but yeah, he ends up getting super wasted. Uh, he sees Sun Snatcher and uh, passes out. And uh, oh, he takes some like hard drug too, doesn't takes he? Takes ecstasy, like, ecstasy, speed or something. Yeah, he's like rolling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> gets pretty nuts, man. She gets nuts. So, yeah. <laughs> so, Spencer has some pretty cool movie posters in his room, doesn't he? He's got the the thing in the back. He's got some other ones in there, too. But, uh, He's Greg, like a big, like, yeah. sci-fi nerd, isn't he? I think like, so. That's what I got from, like, yeah. all of his movie posters. He's got the one... What's the movie with, the like, Kenny and the boobs? Uh... South Park movie, Bigger, Longer, Uncut? Yeah, 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 but it's the the parody from the show, Heavy Metal. Oh, the, yeah. yeah. He's got oh, yeah, that yeah. poster up. Uh, but yeah, so then like to aid in this production, Greg Kinnear takes, like, steals the Brigsby costumes and stuff and brings it he, to he, James's house. Greg Kinnear is like the savior, I guess. He's like supposedly the lead detective that Jesus character of sorts no that's definitely uh, Luke Skywalker but he saves Kyle Mooney from the family and so like he's constantly kind of like introducing him to the real world and yeah like because to your point Pappy like because he relates to him like why aren't you an actor and like why don't you follow your dream anymore like at a really basic level Greg Kinnear is kind of like attached to him or something. But okay, but did you guys think it was too unrealistic that Greg Kinnear would steal what's essentially evidence in a huge child abduction case that's national news and just give it over? Open and shut yeah. case, man. What do they need? I don't know. That bother you, bother you Stevie, or, or not really? I didn't look for like straight like realism in this movie. Um, just for the like the circumstances that are, you really can't look at it that way. But um, yeah, in the real world, Greg Kinnear would have gotten fired in five minutes. Really, with that with that strong blue line, you think he's getting fired for that? Taking evidence and giving it to a, like a victim who's going over, like going over like intense therapy. I think so. Well, why is that police property? Let's get into that. Why? Why does that just like? Shouldn't he? 
be entitled to something with the people he's lived with his whole life? I, I don't know. Well, he said, didn't he? He would get it eventually, right? It just was, it was evidence in an active case, I feel like. But no, they make a specific point to say that then it, like they destroy it oh. or whatever. And that's oh, how wow. they like, they sneak it out. But I mean, he gets, clearly it's yeah. a, uh, sorry, Pav. I mean, it's, it is a dumb move to get it to someone who's like messed up emotionally. Sounds like the great chimes of Eno. Oh, does it? Do you want to answer the door? James, just the man I was looking for. Wait, where's all your soldier stuff? Huh? I'm off duty right now. Now look, there's no way I could get you everything on that list, all right? But forensics does have more evidence than they know what to do with. So I figured they wouldn't miss a couple items, like the Sordis Crystal. That's what I thought. Yeah, and I found uh, this in back. Wasn't on the list, but... Fortep Staff! I thought, I thought that was stuck in a time flux. I don't know what that is, but it's got a nice weight to it. And uh, last but not least, one of these bad boys. That's Brigsby. Well, this is, like, extremely valuable equipment, too. Like, apparently, you can stick any tape in a Brisbane brisby's head and then his voice will <laughs> will like puppet whatever you're saying and and i guess that's sort of explained away in the fact that the, like the the parents uh carry from uh eternal sunshine and luke skywalker that they invented this toy or something that was super popular like essentially like the tickle me elmo is um, it like terry the tiger and, uh, yeah it, yeah it is terry the tiger it's Teddy Rupskin, man. <laughs> it's Brizzlewizzle, the most powerful of the Tizzles, except when he's with. <laughs> Actually, the only note I took for this was that I think this, like, Brigsby Bear, the show, is a mixture of Teddy Rupskin, Tim and Eric, Care Bears, and Stevie's fave, Legend. Um, I don't what? know if you younger guys, Pappy and... and Stevie, do you even know Teddy Ruxpin? Like, he literally is a bear that you put a tape in, and he, like, mouths and tells you a story. Hi, my name is Teddy Ruxpin. Can you and I be friends? I really enjoy talking to people. I would like... Teddy Ruxpin, the storytelling bear, comes with illustrated book and cassette from Worlds of Wonder. I did not know that, but I definitely knew that Tim from Tim and Eric was in, uh, was in Hockey High. I thought it was like so fitting that he was in this <laughs> that was movie because so um, that moon. Well, just for the fact that like um, Brigsby Bear would be something like you'd see like on Adult Swim at two thirty in the morning. Yeah. Like the actual show or the movie? Like or, the actual show. Yeah. yeah. So in the production section of this movie um there's a scene where spencer and james uh kyle mooney are getting tacos and spencer is uh like breaking down the tapes and he's he's just telling him how much he loves them he's at one point it's like that part where stunt snatcher melted the peace treaty before the people could use it and kyle's like or, or james is like yeah and spencer just goes that's like really good storytelling, man. 
It's Spencer. Oh, no. All right. So, like, first of all, in that last episode, thanks for when um when Briggsby's in that ice planet right before the Federation invades. Yeah, but that's when Briggsby reveals the moon base. Yeah, but it's the old Briggsby to like the the future Briggsby. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hope is not yet lost. That's a that's what, what Briggsby says to, uh, to himself. It's a piece of art. Mm -hmm. It's like this whole TV show made in a bedroom, and all the characters he put into that one universe. Oh, and, and then at the end of the episode, when when Sun Snatcher melts the peace treaty before it has time to take effect, that's like really good storytelling, dude. You okay? Yeah, no, that, that's it. That was that was one of my favorite parts too. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, like James just has this look on his face, like for the first time in his life, like somebody else actually gets it too. So then there's like yet yeah, another montage, and we get to see a little bit of Utah here. Which, if you're ever making an indie movie. Uh, we kind of saw this in Troll Hunter too, but if you live in a place that's like semi scenic at all, like definitely make the most of it because the scenes in like the desert, um, along with the original music, which was written by. I'm using paper tonight, by the way. I don't know if you guys picked that up. David Wingo. <laughs> Uh, oh my god, don't do that anymore <laughs> <laughs> It looks really awesome But then there's also Intermixed in this element too There's an element or, or Intermixed in that scene There's a, there's a, an element that's introduced Where Spencer uploads the clips to, to YouTube uh, Did that bother you guys at all? I thought it could have been like a little bit Mean spirited on his part Because people might be making fun of him But and that's what was unbelievable. Like, that's the angle I thought they're going with for a while. But everyone around him just thinks Brigsby Bear is so cool. There's, like, no conflict in this movie, basically. I, th I think that if you have to trace it back to a plot point, Luke Skywalker's, like, vision and his writing in the show were, like, actually really unique. And we don't get to see, like, a full episode. So I guess you just have to trust that, like... Yeah, Mark Hamill wrote like a really dope kid show for adults. Like a lot of them. Like I can't imagine him doing that like once a week. How long did he do that? Volume 20, episode 14, <laughs> making friends with the Whistles. So a long time. Long, long time. There's a new Brixby tape. Kyle Mooney was like, yeah, Kyle Mooney was like, where's my Brixby tape? Like, it's never late. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's like... <laughs> Yeah, he's like, I just kind of want to go watch my new Brigsby tape. And they're like, the Brigsby tape didn't come. And he, like, thinks they're joking. He, like, laughs. <laughs> he looks at his sister like, can you believe these guys? <laughs> no Brigsby tape. <laughs> Speaking of the sister, I don't think we really talked about her. Um, so part of this training montage, it segues into another, like, there's a little break. And there's another camping montage uh, after Kyle Mooney builds a bomb, uh, which will come into play in a second. But... This is when the sister and James really bond. If there are any like interpersonal conflict, it's like kind of maybe a stereotypical stepsister's brother, new person introduced to the family, kind of catty, cranky stepsister relationship. No, I get it. Okay, this whole thing is weird enough without you trying to hang out with people my age or embarrass me in front of my friends. Also, people are saying you hooked up with Meredith. Okay, do not do that. You're old. Tell mom you need your own phone. Brett, we like to go to you to judge the performances of young actor actresses quite a bit. What did you think of the sister in this movie? Well, first of all, I thought... No, I'm not going to say anything on that. Whatever. Um, 
I thought she was kind of a, a little bit of a front runner, if that makes sense. I mean, she like hates his guts, and then he becomes way cooler than her, and all of a sudden she's like, "Oh, you're so awesome." I mean, did that bother anybody else? I think uh, it was pretty decent writing in the fact that she struck me as someone that didn't like lots of attention. Yeah, that's and, true. Uh, when her brother comes back into the fold, like tons of attention was going to be brought on her, and I think she uh, more or less just um, kind of resented him for that in the beginning of the movie. So that's the way I took it. Well, again, I don't, I don't blame her for acting weird. I mean. Pappy was kind of talking about earlier. I mean, just because you're blood related doesn't mean they don't know anything about each other. I'm just saying it's not like he changes when he becomes cool, but all of a sudden she likes him. That's just kind of weird to me. But I thought that was actually a pretty cool scene when they bonded out camping. Well, she's like the only person in the whole movie who gives him any shit, which I think, Josh, you were talking about. Um, what, What did you think about her character in the movie? I thought it was lame that in the first scene they they show her when like in front of like television reporters they're introducing a family to their new son. She's like got her head hung low and looks like depressed little teen. Like I feel like any realistic teenager would at least be faking happiness there. I thought they went really hard like oh she's going to have a hard time with this early and then like Brett said she just kind of flipped when it turned out that her friends liked him. So I, I thought her acting was okay. I just thought her character motivation was a little weak. Yeah, and in that and that's really like that whole arc happens. I guess at the two thirds way through this pretty short movie too. I guess when this camping trip is. But what we touched on this a little bit too. Kyle Mooney uh, builds a practical effect. He builds a bomb uh, for the <laughs> for the movie. And the way that he does it too, it's one of the best running gags in the movie is he Googles it, but like his mm. way of searching things on the internet is just completely like uh, naive. Flags. Yeah, like naive. Like the first thing he searches is, is like, you see him clear his search history and typed, how do I learn stuff from my computer I want to learn or something? <laughs> 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 like that's a race. He's like, how do I make cool explosions for my movie? Thank you. <laughs> is what he types in, in the Google. And no, he erases like, for my movie. For my, it's just how do I make cool explosions? Yeah. yeah, and so then he like he buys a bunch of fertilizer and builds this bomb, and instantly, as soon as the bomb goes off, like in their productions, the the cops swarm them, and he's taken to a a psych ward. Ready? All set. I worked on it yesterday. I thought our movie could use more big budget appeal. Shit! Did it look cool? You're telling me I've been driving around in a car full with explosives the whole day? I know you said you want to use animation, but I thought if we did it for real, that'd be better. Plus, practical effects are a dying art form. You can't just blow shit up, man. Why not? Because you just... <laughs> shit! Step away from the device. Put your hands in the air. It's okay. Stevie, what, what do you remember from this like one flew over the cuckoo's nest bit of this movie? Um, it was actually really surprising because Andy Samberg is in it, mm-hmm. who is also, I think, one of the main producers in this movie. Mm-hmm. And typically with Andy Samberg, uh, being a fan of SNL and Brooklyn Nine-Nine, he mm-hmm. typically takes center stage in everything he does. It's not an indictment. It's just uh, 
typically what happens. And he played like a really subdued and reserved role. Not and over the top at all. Yeah. Not over the top at all. Really just, talks. Yeah. I thought that was like really refreshing. That's what stood out to me in the psych ward mm-hmm. scenes. And especially like when he got ice cream and like secretly handed it to yeah, James. That was, that was awesome. I love the way he like shakes hands too. Like he just like points it out there like so hard. Like <laughs> but doesn't make eye contact. Was he supposed to be blind? Or is he just wear those sunglasses? I think he's just mentally unstable. Yeah, I think he just wore the sunglasses. <laughs> I like when he brings him the bag of stuff when so Kyle Mooney decides he's gonna escape and then so Andy Samberg comes into his room and he's like, Okay, this is all my weapons. All my throwing stars, <laughs> all my swords. <laughs> If yeah. we're going to get into this uh, like hospital scene, is this not where... Again, another montage ending, is the hospital scene. Is this not where maybe the movie kind of forks from the real to the unreal if we take like that end scene in mind? Spoiler alert. The, there's like a Brigsby bear that appears to Kyle Mooney in real life and like disappears. Like, oh, the secret Brigsby has been helping him. And it's kind of like a Pan's Labyrinth thing where you're like, is this like movie premiere that went all, I know I'm skipping ahead, but like it, it casts into doubt, like did a lot of the good things that happen in this movie actually happen? I never thought that. I think this movie just takes a deep look at fandom, Josh. And like that Brigsby appearing at the end and like disappearing is just like, Brigsby's always going to be a part of me. Yeah, I just think that like, this movie can't be interpreted that it actually takes place in the reality that we all live in from, from start to finish too. like from like, like I mentioned earlier, what Greg Kinnear is doing is just completely insane. And uh, the way that Kyle, I mean, Kyle Mooney breaks up by throwing a TV through a window and it's like, just no big deal. Like he's not like locked up more. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's why I yeah. think that's why that's kind of the fork in the road. Like realistically, He'd get into big trouble at that point, and they skipped either they skipped over it, which would take months, or something else. I, I feel like I don't know. I, I guess Stevie didn't see it that way at all. But why well, does think also that like with the detective like being on his side, I think he'd be okay as far as like breaking out of that mental asylum. Plus, it was probably somewhat voluntary as well. Yeah, everything that happens from that point on is like perfect like he breaks out he goes back to his new parents real parents family and they're like doing the best thing possible they finish the movie everyone loves it and then he sees briggsy disappear it to me it sounds too too good to be true and i'm not trying to take away from it being a happy movie fun movie at the end i think it is but i think it's even better that it adds that sense of doubt well, you, you actually you skipped over one of my favorite scenes from this last little bit here, which is when uh, James goes to the prison to see uh, Luke Skywalker because he, mm. not because he like likes him or anything, because he wants him to record uh, the tapes. But uh, Mark Hamill is so renowned for his voice acting, like especially as the Joker, and it was really fucking cool to see him do. <laughs> a weird voice yeah. on screen. Like that was awesome. Yeah. You ready? <clears throat> Hello. 
life was a time of reckoning for the galaxy I called home, and a time of great magic. The Droombas had vanished in some great cataclysm, and the Sordis crystal was lost. That was really cool. It was a really cool scene. Funny, too. And I kind of see why like, he's not usually a live-action actor, because he's got to twist his body up all weird to make those noises come out. Like. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so like Bad, to yeah, my yeah. point though, I think that is another example of it happening too perfectly. Like his dad, the character that they had, his real dad, um, like he would have never taken his son to go see this monster in jail. And like with the conversation he has with Luke Skywalker, basically you find out that Mark Hamill's character is like kind of blameless, and he is a tortured genius and. And then he agrees to do the voice thing, and it all works perfectly. So, well, and then the the strongest evidence for that, like you were mentioning, is in that last scene. So the movie premieres. Um, James is in the bathroom throwing up. Spencer comes in and delivers probably one of the best lines. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. And like, what if they don't like it? And Spencer doesn't say, you know, they'll like it because it's good or something. Spencer says it doesn't matter whether they like it or not. And it, and it kind of, in this last scene, it's very, like, much like the Disaster Artist too. It's like this sort of quick montage of of everyone just loving the movie, like seeing different clips from the movie. Uh, another running gag, too, is that James is really in love with one of the one of the sisters' names, but not the other one. Like he doesn't. Is it like Nina and Whitney. Yeah, he doesn't care about Nina at all. He doesn't care about Nina. He's like, I'm in love with you, and your sister Nina's okay too, <laughs> or something. It's like the same person, but but yeah. So like in that premiere, then it's really kind of tying into what the overall themes of what the movie's about about celebrating the amateur creative process and Brigsby sort of disappears there um any any thoughts on that last scene stevie did you did you like the way the movie wrapped up yeah i did um it kind of wrapped up like really like neat and like you know tight and needy but um what i'll say is uh the one thing i appreciate about this movie is there's not a lot of malice in it like there's these people honestly just want the best for James and they discover along the way that Brigsby Bear is like a huge part of his life and just kind of just to go with it. So I think the movie wrapped up like on a note just as high as I guess the rest of the movie. So yeah, I like the ending. I got to say, I think there's a thread of darkness in this movie and it starts with James being just like an, an abducted oh jeez <laughs> what? <laughs> those papers though jeez. it starts with, with James being an abducted child which is just like super dark I'm just gonna power through the paper I guess yeah it's uh, only gonna edit it out which we can't now <laughs> <laughs> dude it's really hard James is abducted as a child, super dark. He gets returned to his family. They don't know how to deal with it. That's a dark theme. There's a scene where his dad like kind of yells at him for loving Brigsby, and then his family sends him like to mental institution. That's pretty dark. 
And I agree with you that pretty much all the characters are nice, but there is this dark theme that goes through. And like, that's again why when I saw Brigsby Bear disappear at the end, it kind of like brought that dark thread back. Like, oh, he is crazy. This is not good. And that's why I thought that was such a key part of the movie. Brett, what do you think? Was this all a dream? Oh, no, I, I don't think so. I never thought of it. I mean, Josh makes some compelling points, I guess, but I just consider it just being kind of like a, a real life fairy tale type. I mean, his life did kind of was really weird and ended up really well. And it's, if there's ever a guy who deserved a good ending like that, I'm just going to choose to think of it that way. What about you, Pat? I don't know. My notes are on that are on a different page and I'm scared to go look. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I don't, I, I think that the only way that this movie works is that if you just assume that the whole thing takes place in a fantasy land, because like people, people really aren't that nice. You know what I mean? Like it, it really wouldn't go down like this. Like it wouldn't, he, he fucking sells out of movie theater in the last scene. But like, even before that, like the way his family treats him and how, how patient they are. And like I said, the way that the cops treat him and the way that everything comes together, like this movie is more about the way that it makes you feel and the way that it's celebrating the overall creative process. And it is like, you know, the, even the interpersonal relationships of the characters, I think that's more of like, just kind of the way they are. Like Stevie said, everyone's just super positive. So like, you don't think the Game of Thrones or the House of Cards chick would make out with the Brigsby Bear face in real life, Pap? Oh, I oh. think she definitely would. <laughs> Who wouldn't make out with the Brigsby Bear face? But I don't know. It was my favorite movie of last year just because it just completely caught me off guard. And like, I like what it's celebrating. And, and it does like a lot of things that usually drive me fucking crazy in movies, like the montages, like I said like expositional newscasts basically giving like backstory to the characters, but it's just such like a sweet, nice and fun movie that mm. it's insanely rewatchable too. Um, it's just all the characters are so tender and, and it's like 90 minutes and it just makes you feel pretty good after seeing it. So it's a yes for me. Uh, Brett, what do you, what do you say? Final thoughts and yes or no? Well, First, did anybody else think it was an interesting casting choice to have Claire Danes in the movie for like four and a half minutes? And she's kind of a big name, and she was pretty much useless in the movie. But uh, actually, I text, I messaged Pappy after the movie, and I said that I had like a big smile on my face the last fifteen minutes of the movie. So uh, this is definitely a definite yes for me. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think I'd enjoy it more the second time. Because uh, the first time through was pretty awkward. The party was really awkward for me. But um, now that I know how it all turned out, definite definite rewatchability, I think. So I'm going to have to check that out again. It's a yes for me. Stevie, what do you say? Uh, Yeah, I love this movie. This is a uh, definite yes. I think it's an interesting look at, I guess, overzealous fandom and... uh, I guess uh, it's just refreshing to watch a movie that doesn't have a lot of malice in it. Because typically, 
when you watch movies like this, you're like, oh, something bad's about to happen. You know, when is something bad about to happen? And for nothing really too, I guess, too bad to happen was really refreshing to watch. So definite yes for me. Josh, what do you think? And do you think it was a coincidence that uh, Mark Hamill, the protagonist of the franchise that probably the most fan fiction ever has been written about, was cast in a movie about making fan fiction? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it was cast or if he just needed a role to, like, actually act. (laughs) Um. I think my main takeaway here is I'm pretty surprised that I guess in my opinion Brett and Stevie had a pretty naive watching of this movie even after seeing it a few times. I thought Jesus. Damn, I dude. thought the dark I thought the darkness like really pulled See? this movie together and um I, that end scene where Brigsby disappeared really made that for me. Um Just got to smile more, Josh. Always looking for the darkness. <laughs> uh I, th- I one thing we also didn't touch upon is like the feeling of nostalgia and fandom and being like having memories of like pop culture things that you feel like you're the only one that remembers this movie captures that in like a really cool way and then the other thing that I've been thinking about since I watched the movie is that okay so Brigsby Bear itself the show that Mark Hamill makes I think that's like his his, that character's like art and I think it was actually probably really actually good and he's coming based on like his last talk he has with Kyle Mooney like the mom is totally like the impetus for like this crime they committed and she puts him in a horrible situation where he's either got to rip his life apart now or just kind of wait till it falls apart which he knows it will and that's kind of like what Brigsby Bear is. He's like trying to do an impossible thing and it keeps like sliding away from him barely. And I can't wait to rewatch this to see if there's more hints to the children's show Brigsby Bear being kind of like the plight of this father. Oh, no, there definitely are. Like in the beginning scenes, I've seen this movie five times, by the way. In the beginning scenes uh james giving a presentation to uh his parents and uh mark hamill is like super into it uh and the mom is just like really poo-pooing it and like you can Mm -hmm. see that it's like the passion of the father and he's like even kind of encouraging james to like explore uh the universe a little bit and the mom's like more concerned with like solving the math equations but sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you there. No, I think I think that stuff is some of the coolest stuff in this film, and you w- you will only catch that I think in repeat viewings. Um, I think there's a lot of subtleties in this movie. They sold it to Sony for five million, and then it only ended up making a half million. But that said, I feel like this combination of like Mooney and Kevin Costello like writing this, like I hope they get more chances at creating something original like this because. It came out really well. Yes, big yes for me. So that movie is preserved. Uh, Stevie, what does that make this movie? What kind of food? <laughs> I don't know. What are you thinking? That's why I asked you. I'm trying to turn my papers. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd have it written down. <laughs> 
Did you guys like the part where he's like, it was totally my fault with the bad drinks and the bad smokes yeah. and the <laughs> bad explosions? It's yeah. jazz cigarettes. <laughs> I'm very sorry to you, and I am very sorry to America. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I thought one of the funniest parts of the whole movie, though, I totally forgot to bring this up, was when he's finding out during therapy that Brigsby Girl isn't real. And he's talking to that girl at the party. She's like, you ever been with a girl before? And he's like, well, online. But it was actually just my mom playing a trick on me. <laughs> I thought that was the funniest line of the whole yeah. movie. <laughs> he's like, my mom, well, my abductor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my abductor. All right. Trivia. So I think that we try to give advantage to the player who's been the longest since they've hosted Brett I think that's you Josh you hosted Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles so you'd have the least amount of advantage and Stevie would be second so mm-hmm. Brett, Stevie, Josh is the order uh, this has got a, a kind of a new twist on a game that we play a lot of time we're going to go closest to uh, but you're all going to be guessing on different things that you get to pick so the, the category this week is uh, educational children shows. How many episodes did they run? So, oh, man. Th- you guys can pick. You guys can pick which show you got to guess for, and you guess how many episodes it, it had or or has had so far. And whoever is the closest to their respective thing will win. And you can't pick something that that's already been picked. So, the the shows in question are Barney and Friends, Sesame Street, Captain Kangaroo, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Beekman's World, Bill Nye the Science Guy, and Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. You can pick any of those, but you gotta be closer to the one you pick than everyone else is to the ones they pick. So Brett, Barney, Sesame Street, Captain Kangaroo, Mr. Rogers, Beekman's World, Bill Nye, Where in the Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? Which one of those do you want to guess on? Pappy, can you send that us that list? It's on my paper. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, never mind. I will <laughs> not going to do well in any of these, but I'll take uh, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. Alright, and how many episodes do you think that was? Let's see. Uh, I'm going to go with a solid 100. Alright. Stevie, you can choose between Barney, Sesame Street, Captain Kangaroo, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, Beekman's World, or Bill Nye the Science Guy. Uh, This is going to suck. Um... Bill Nye, I guess. All right. And how many episodes do you think Bill Nye went? 94. Okay. Josh, you have Barney and Friends, Sesame Street, Captain Kangaroo, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, and Beekman's World. Do you have Barney and Friends still? Yeah. Yeah, Barney and Friends is still available. Okay. I... This is a really weird connection, but um, that show ran for a really long time. I feel like it'd be similar to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon, which I did a trivia last week. And that ran for, I think we said last trivia, like 193 episodes. So I'm going to just guess 193 for Barney and Friends. 193. 
All right. Not Chosen. Beekman's World, which was a Bill Nye ripoff that had penguins at the beginning. Better. But was <laughs> better. better. Was better. Had a guy in a giant rat suit. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. Uh, that ran for 91 episodes in the 90s. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, also not selected. Uh, that ran for like... Uh, 40 fucking years and had 895 <laughs> episodes. Uh, had more. Captain Kangaroo also ran for a very long time in the 60s, 70s, and early I think early 80s. 753 episodes. Sesame Street, uh, the granddaddy of them all, and it's been on for like 50 years, and that's run for thir- 1,385 episodes. But from the ones you guys picked, Brett, you chose Where in the World is Carmen San Diego. You guessed that it ran for 100 episodes. It ran for 296 episodes oh, for a difference of 196. Stevie, you selected Bill Nye the Science Guy. Uh, this is not including his new Netflix show, Bill Nye Saves the World. This is the original 90s run of Bill Nye the Science Guy, which was... 100 episodes you guessed 94 oh, which is a difference yeah! of 6 Josh we all know you love Barney <laughs> it ran for 100 or you guessed 193 there were 248 episodes and it's lot of years run for a difference of 65. Stevie, you are our winner and our host next week. So while I turn the pages, (laughs) let's let Spoiler Man read our plugs and then we'll come back and Stevie will tell us what we're going to be spoiling. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. Please don't forget to leave us a review. And we're back. Stevie, what'll it be? Uh, I've really been wanting to do a music movie for a while. And I know me and Jack have seen this movie. But um, this movie flew way under the radar, and I think it's probably the best music bio movie ever made. Uh, we will oh. be doing Love and Mercy with John Cusack and Paul Dano. Nice. I've seen that. Well, look for that next week. <laughs> Listen to our Oscar Pick'em show, even though the Oscars already happened, maybe. I don't know. Maybe they didn't. Devin Caraway, what's up? Maybe they didn't. Hashtag heaven for Devin, and that was spoilers. <laughs> that was spoilers. Twitter. Are we firing his asshole or what? Why do you want to fire him so bad? Why do you want to fire spoilers, man? Because he can't say 150th episode. He's got spoilers, children, man. He doesn't know how to <laughs> pronounce Rudabaga. He doesn't work. <laughs> His He's poor, a dumbass. Spoiler no. mom is sick. He's underpaid. <laughs> underpaid. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs>